Over the years, I have always exhibited unfiltered honesty in my opinion of video games. With Gran Turismo in particular, I have a long history of criticizing certain aspects of the games to the point that a lot of the hardcore fanboys tend to brush me off as a troll. Even though I'm not really trolling, I actually am somewhat of a fan of at least certain aspects of the games. And I have even defended the Gran Turismo games or the developers on occasion, if applicable. Uh, especially here more recently with Gran Turismo 7 with uh, some of the criticisms that I felt was unfair to the game or the developers. A little while back I was really critical of Dirt 5 to the point that the developers, Codemasters, uh, took away my ability to comment on any of their content on Facebook and on subreddits dedicated to Dirt, uh, the Dirt games. I lost my ability to comment there as well. Of course, I'm not the only one. Every game has its critics. A couple years back, Project Cars 3 received a tremendous amount of criticism, from me included. This may raise the question, have I maybe at some point been perhaps a little unfair to some of these games, or not maybe just me specifically, but in general, have we been maybe unfair to say Project Cars 3? Uh, just a heads up, I reckon this particular rant will focus pretty much on racing games, uh, racing game franchises. I guess what I'm going to be looking at is ongoing uh, racing game franchises and the directions that they've taken over the years. Now going back to Gran Turismo, in a way, um, perhaps they've been the most consistent in their vision with the series and kind of keeping a certain feel from game to game to game instead of wandering all over the place like some of the other franchises have done. Now certain aspects of Gran Turismo I wish they would kind of deviate a bit from. Uh, in particular, I hate what I call Overtake the Parade. Uh, a lot of other uh, players have called it Chase the Rabbit, but basically it's instead of a normal race where you have all the cars clustered together either as a standing start or rolling start with the cars grouped closely together, they're strung out one by one, single file, as a big long parade, and you at the back of it, and depending on the length of the track, it might be the better part of half a lap ahead of you that the first place car is starting out, and they're just kind of cruising along, and basically, instead of a race, it's more of like a overtaking challenge, where you just try to pass all of them before the end of the however many laps they give you. Now that, I think, is not compelling gameplay, and I really wish they would deviate from their ongoing formula there. But otherwise, I feel like over the years, the many, many years now, that Gran Turismo has been relatively consistent in their product. Some of the other franchises, though, some of them uh, I'm even a big fan of, have deviated a little bit and maybe been confused in their direction and that has caused me some problems and given me reason for some complaints over the years. Uh, Forza Motorsport. I am still, to this day, a huge Forza Motorsport fan. I haven't always agreed with every single solitary thing that they've done with the Forza Motorsport games. But in general, I'm still very pleased with the product. I still use it as the benchmark to which I compare other console racing games. When the original Forza Motorsport came out, it was seen as an imitator to Gran Turismo. It was the Pepsi to Gran Turismo's Coke. 
However, as the games have progressed, it has gotten to the point where Forza Motorsport has, <clears throat> has become the benchmark. It's become the game that everybody compares all other racing games to, and not Gran Turismo. Once upon a time, that was Gran Turismo. Now that crown belongs to Forza Motorsport, and has for quite some time now. Some of the Gran Turismo fans don't like to admit that. They like to bask in the glory days of, you know, yesteryear back in the PlayStation 1 and 2 era when Gran Turismo was the best uh, console racing game available out there and everything was compared to that. But uh, from GT5 onward, GT has no longer been that benchmark. It's no longer been the gold standard everything's compared to. Now it's been Forza, whether they like it or want to accept it or not. Now, Gran Turismo has always been seen by console gamers as a simulation. Now, hardcore sim fans, particularly on PC, will maybe scoff at that a bit and shrug it off as what uh, some call Simcade. It's somewhat simulation-y, but also still more accessible and uh, relatively arcade-y compared to the more hardcore, especially on PC like iRacing uh, sims. But at least on uh, game consoles, there's not much more you can really do as far as realism. Uh, it, it's about as realistic as you can get on a console. Uh, I guess maybe off the top of my head, Assetto Corsa and Project Cars 1 and 2, not 3. Project Cars 1 and 2 uh, would maybe be more simulation-y. But for the most part, uh, it's hard to get much more realistic on a console than Gran Turismo or uh, later on Forza Motorsport. So Gran Turismo wasn't really so much about casual um, wind in your hair, you know, uh, flying at unrealistic speeds around corners and drifting all over the place and, um, you know, whatever arcadey nonsense. It was a more down-to-earth, uh, serious game for more serious car enthusiasts, I want to say racing, but to me I don't want to call what they have in the game actual racing. But it's uh, more serious than uh, a need for speed or a burnout or the crew or especially something like Mario Kart. And in the early days of Forza Motorsport, it was much the same. Unfortunately, Forza Motorsport 2 is really my first introduction into the Forza Motorsport uh, franchise. But looking back on my days with Forza Motorsport 2, I felt like it was, like Gran Turismo, a more down-to-earth, uh, serious, less casual game. Now, I, what I, one thing I like uh, about Forza Motorsport, and um, give it credit for uh, still to this day, is that it does ha still offer accessibility to people that maybe aren't as hardcore. They have always been great about having a bunch of options available that you can turn on if you want to make the game more accessible for you, make it a little bit easier for you. Uh, driving aids that help make the vehicles easier to control for a less experienced player. So everybody can have a chance at the game. A more hardcore uh, player like, uh, like I came to be uh, tends to go through and toggle all those assists off. But somebody like my kids or maybe somebody like my wife that doesn't do a whole lot of that could go in and turn these assists on to make the game more accessible to them so it's playable for them too. But I really liked that feel that they were going for trying to be a serious racing game instead of a more casual and silly uh, light-hearted 
kind of a thing. The races were a little bit longer than what subsequent Forza Motorsport games offered. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head exactly how long they were, but maybe say, I don't know, eight or ten laps a race, which is relatively a lot. You know, if you go and play other games like Need for Speed or Grid, uh, you're looking at maybe two or three lap races for the most part. <clears throat> so that was a little bit closer to uh, real world racing than a two or three lap race. Nobody on earth would go anywhere and watch like a two or three lap race in real life. It wouldn't be worth your time. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your perspective, I feel like the developers of Forza Motorsport Turn 10 have been fairly good about listening to feedback from their player base. Uh, one of the things that they did, and I have mixed feelings about this, uh, but it has been popular in general, I think, is that um, early on, like with Gran Turismo, uh, cars were based on real-world uh, prices, or at least somewhat. Uh, so cars that uh, might be really rare collector's items in the real world that might cost tens of millions of dollars tend to also have a similar price tag in Forza Motorsport. Um, and so those cars were hard for a player to get. Uh, it could take an excessive amount of playing to build up the credits for those. But you don't have to have those cars, just like in real life. You don't have to have those cars. Those are a luxury if you can afford to get them. You get them and, hey, look at this you know, wonderful toy that I've got. But, of course, there was players that complained that they were too expensive and took too long to get. And, honestly, in Forza Motorsport 2, I never was able to get all the cars. It was just taking too long, but I was okay with that. Uh, but the game had so many cars, and still does. Uh, they've always had hundreds of cars, uh, sometimes closer to a 1,000. But players, uh, a lot of them, weren't happy with it taking so much to get some of the cars. So and, and later on, we've seen prices on the cars in the dealership in the game come down quite a bit. Uh, I don't remember what the most expensive cars were off the top of my head in Forza Motorsport 2. I'm wanting to say they were in the tens of millions, maybe 20 million. And I think in more recent titles, I don't think they cost even half of that. Not only that, but later Forza Motorsport games uh, started throwing more money at you, and uh, the developers started doing this rewards program where you can go on their website every week, or I think it was once a month originally, but anyways, you can go on there and redeem uh, free credits based on how much you played uh, the Forza Motorsport games over the years. They'll look at uh, most of the Forza games and see how many achievements have you got, maybe how many hours or have you played, or how many miles have you driven, how many cars have you collected, whatever. And the more uh, you've put into the games, the more rewards you get out of it. And, you know, if somebody wanted to get that, this money, yeah, like if you get it one time, it's not a huge amount of money. But if you do it week after week after week, month after month, year after year, it ends up being many, many millions of in-game credits thrown at you for free. Personally, I don't really like this because it kind of devalued the cars. Uh, I kind of felt like it was neat, almost like some kind of uh, a badge of honor, uh, grounds for bragging rights maybe. If you were able to afford some of the, say, 15 or $20 million cars without the game throwing you know, heaps of money at you to help you afford it, uh, you know, I thought that was sort of like, hey, cool, look what I was able to accomplish, me going around and cruising in my arbitrary expensive toy. And those things were a goal for you to try to get uh, to work towards. 
And I, I keep pointing out to people that complain about Forza, or, and now especially Gran Turismo, these are not games that you're supposed to play for like 5, 10, 20 hours. They were always meant for hardcore fans to play them for maybe hundreds of hours for months or even years. And I think, uh, unfortunately, that the, the casual fans who want to come in just get a taste of everything in like 5 or, or 10 hours and move on have been too vocal and we've listened to them too much. But backing up to where the races used to be longer, you know, like I said before, maybe 8 or 10 laps, and now uh, later on they become more of like just 2 or 3 laps. I appreciate that there's different types of players out there with... Uh, different expectations or desires you know what fits well for me might not be a great fit for you and i felt like you know going back to all the different optional assists that makes it accessible i felt like well why couldn't we do kind of kind of both have an option where you could have a longer race if you wanted a longer race or a shorter race if you wanted a shorter race now my concern with that, if we did hypothetically do that, would be, okay, I'm sitting here running a 10-lap version of a race, and you're running a 2-lap version of the race, and if what we win from doing that race is the same, then you're making money five times faster than me, because for every race that I'm doing, you're doing five races, and I felt like, well, that would be a little bit unfair you know, it maybe discourage me from wanting to uh, have a longer race because at that point I was kind of wasting my time with nothing to show for it. So what I felt was like, well, let's not only have an option for if you want longer or shorter races, but also to have your race winnings adjusted accordingly, just like where, you know, uh, throughout the Forza games, we have rewarded you for upping the difficulty for turning assists off or increasing the AI difficulty. Likewise, if you're willing to do a longer race, okay, that's great. We'll pay you more for the race. Fortunately, with Forza Motorsport 7, that's what Turn 10 did, and that made me very happy. So I think, if I remember correctly, it defaulted to a shorter race, but you had a couple other options in there for what I think it called a long and very long race. Now, the very long race, wasn't ridiculous we're not talking like an hour it might have been a few times longer than what a typical race was so if a typical race was by default two or three laps it might have been more like 10 laps if you went with like the longer option but i chose that option and i also got more money and experience from doing the longer races than what you would get if you did a two or three lap version of that race so it was a win-win you got what you wanted if you liked the shorter races. I got what I wanted, uh, like in the longer races. We all win. But there's other ways that the Forza Motorsport franchise has, in my opinion, deviated down the wrong road a bit. And I haven't been happy with um, some of these design choices. Now, let me make it clear though, I am still a huge fan of Forza Motorsport. I'm a diehard Forza Motorsport fan. It's just that I don't like certain specific aspects of what they've done with the games in more recent iterations. So off the top of my head, looking back to Xbox 360, um, Forza Motorsport 2, 3, and 4, the music in it, which 
as a side note, I usually turn off the music in at least the more serious racing games because I am listening to the audio feedback from my car or maybe from other nearby cars to hear if uh, somebody is nearby. But I'll listen to the tires squealing or my engine revs to get an idea for am I pushing the car too far you know, am I taking a corner too fast and maybe I hear my tires squalling at me or, uh, you know, listen to my engine revs to know when to um, shift gears. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, the music was there. And as I recall on Xbox 360, they had music that was more licensed music. Maybe not big names. You didn't have like Metallica or Guns N' Roses or whatever, but... It was music by a band with uh, vocals, and it wasn't horrible. Um, and then by the time we got to Xbox One, uh, Forza Motorsport 5, and I think 6, had uh, more like an orchestral kind of music. And personally, I felt like it was a highbrow sort of a music. It wasn't very intrusive. Um, and I really liked it, but a lot of people didn't. They wanted, I don't know, uh, heavy metal or rock or country or God knows what. So unfortunately, by the time we got to Forza Motorsport 7, the music was a crime against humanity. It was so bad that I not only turned it off in the races, I even turned it off just in general. Like even in the menus, I didn't want to listen to that awful noise and uh, in the menus, it had, if you turn the music completely off, you hear some random background noises that kind of sounds like you're in some kind of like a garage or something. You'll hear somebody drop a wrench on the ground or an angle grinder or something, you know, noises like that. And I felt like those awful noises was more appealing to my ears than the god-awful music that they had put in Forza Motorsport 7. I don't even like to give it credit for being music to me it sounds like a bunch of middle-aged uh dads with a midlife crisis getting together in, a, in the garage late at night after the family's asleep and fantasizing pretending like imagining that they're you know want to be rock stars and just sitting there riffing you know wailing on the guitar or whatever not really making proper music just kind of making some noises with their instruments and it would just be, I mean, like one song in, the, in my head right now, uh, you know, it would play for like a few seconds and then it would just come to a stop. And like, oh, what was that? Was that it? Like, so if you imagine like the song was somehow like a, hooked up to your throttle pedal in a car and you stomp on it for a bit and make some music and you let off of it and it stops and you stomp on it again, and it goes again. That's kind of what the, the noise sounded like. I say noise, it's supposed to be music. To me, it's not music, it's noise. And it was just awful. Now, the music isn't critical. Um, I, like I said, at least in the races, usually don't listen to music anyway. Uh, it's not enough to turn me off from the game. But it wasn't a direction that I agreed with that the Forza Motorsport franchise took. Somewhat similar would be what I might call like a, a narrator. Um, earlier versions of the game would have a person talk to you, uh, maybe kind of explaining some basics early on or something. And uh, voices I remember in, in previous games were kind of like a, a 
an intellectual type, you know, very prim and proper and serious. Uh, now, at least one of them had uh, Jeremy Clarkson and uh, Richard Hammond and James May from uh, Top Gear. And, of course, they are more silly. Uh, but Top Gear was an insanely popular show back in its day. Uh, if you liked cars, you watched Top Gear. Uh, heck, my wife doesn't care for cars, and she enjoyed Top Gear. Uh, so, yeah, while they were a little bit less serious, um, it was still appealing to car guys because we all watched and loved Top Gear. But then when you got to Forza Motorsport 7, they went with what I call a dude bro. And he's just this obnoxious... I don't know, I kind of imagine him like he imagines himself as like some 1980s surfer dude, uh, just the way he talks and stuff, and I passionately hate it. I do not like that direction. It's not enough, once again, to heavily detract from my experience with the game in general. I still love the game. I wish he would shut up and go away. Now, I guess, deviating away from Forza Motorsport onto uh, some of the other racing games, being that I am a big racing fan, I have been a big fan of the developer Codemasters, and over the years, they have had several franchises that they've been keeping us entertained with. Uh, for several years now, they've been doing the Formula One games. Uh, for several years now, they have had the Dirt franchise, which um, has often had a fair bit of rally racing in there, but also other off-roady type uh, motorsports, some of them realistic and some of them more fictional. They have the Grid franchise, which is more of like street-based racing. And uh, in more recent years, they acquired the developer uh, behind the Project Cars games. So now that kind of falls under their roof too. Now, the F1 games, I have great respect for. I can't really think of any complaints for me to make with those. They have always, in, uh, in my opinion, been a top-notch product, uh, been very serious and very high quality. I don't really have anything to say about that. Uh, some of their other franchises I do, and I have been vocal in the past. Um, in recent history, as I've said before, Dirt 5, I've been very vocal about to the point where Codemasters wouldn't let me comment on their Dirt 5 uh, content on Facebook. So, if somebody was a big fan, a longtime fan of motorsports, and I don't mean just one specific type of motorsport, but say a more generalized fan that might appreciate NASCAR that might appreciate at the same time uh, open wheel racing like Formula One or IndyCar that may appreciate sports car racing that may appreciate rally racing. Um, people that are familiar with in the past rally racing uh, should have heard the name Colin McRae and many years back there was a handful of rally games that I think were pretty much only on PlayStation um, unfortunately not on Xbox I recall but um, that bared the Colin McRae name. And then we got to the point where there was Colin McRae Dirt. And it deviated a bit 
I guess, and that uh, it still had a heavy focus on rally racing, and I really enjoyed that. But it also had a mix of other off-road type um, racing series in there as well. I can't remember if all of them were necessarily actual real-world uh, racing series, but they at least, to me as a player, felt like they could hypothetically, realistically be a real-world uh, racing series. So I guess I got the impression that it went from just being Colin McRae Rally to Colin McRae Dirt was that it was branching out more from just uh, a rally focus to other types of off-road, you know, dirt-based um, motorsports. And I was a huge fan of that game. I have great respect for it. I loved it to death. Uh, but then when we got into Dirt 2 and especially into Dirt 3, it was becoming um, really apparent that the series was starting to further deviate away from what it used to be from its roots, getting into more casual and more flashy, hey, look at me, um, you know, types of, uh, of racing formats like X Games kind of stuff, stuff that has to have loud rock music playing on a stage in the background at a stadium or, or fireworks, you know, something to make it, more flashy and uh, maybe more exciting to somebody that isn't as passionate about motorsports. Now, Dirt 2 still had the Colin McRae name on the box, but by the time you got to Dirt 3, it dropped the Colin McRae name. And it, I think it was largely because by then Colin McRae had passed away, but also it might be fitting because of how much it was deviating away from its rally racing routes towards more stadium type, um, I don't know, just other less rally type uh, racing. I still generally enjoyed Dirt 2 and 3, but by, definitely by the time we got into Dirt 3, I was seeing more of a focus on things that I was not a fan of, uh, namely Jim Connor. Uh, I, I remember the first time I'd seen Jim Connor videos and I thought like, wow, there's somebody that's, you know, really, um, a master behind the wheel, but it started to get old after a while, but I don't want to be doing that silly nonsense in a racing game. If I'm doing a racing game, I want to do racing, not doing donuts around a flagpole and, and light posts in a, in a parking lot. And, you know, uh, with my butt hanging, you know, bare butt hanging out the window, slapping it like a monkey, you know, hooping and hollering while we do donuts in a, in a, in a field. You know, to me, that's just silly nonsense. So by that point, I started getting pretty vocal, like, look, I'm not liking the direction this is going. Uh, if people want that kind of content, great. Give it its own standalone game. Uh, don't, you know, make a... a make it a heavy focus in what should uh, be more of a regular racing game. And if we're going to continue down this road, you can go ahead and count me out. I don't want the next game. And I don't know, it's almost like they listened to me. The very next game wasn't Dirt 4. It was uh, Dirt Showdown. And I avoided it like the plague. Uh, I didn't buy it or even borrow it from somebody. I never touched it with a 30-foot pole. Uh, I 
researched it and to see what kind of a product it was and seeing that it had more of that casual, goofy, nonsense focus. And I get that there are people that that appeals to and congratulations, you got the product you wanted. I don't want nothing to do with that. Uh, and then fortunately, after that came Dirt 4, which I was very happy with the direction that they took with that in that they went back to a more... Uh, to the roots uh, of that franchise, back to a rally focus. Um, it was mostly rally and had some rally cross. And I really loved that direction that they took with that. They got more serious and did away with the Jim Connor nonsense. Now, it wasn't a hardcore rally sim, um, it was more accessible. Actually, hold up, hold up. I, I skipped the game. Dirt Rally uh, came out before Dirt 4. Uh, so you had Dirt Showdown, which was the silly nonsense. And then Dirt Rally, which was the exact polar opposite. It was a more realistic rally game. So it had the rally and rally cross, as I recall. Uh, but with a very serious, straight-faced... Um, you know, style to it, and I really respected that product and really loved that product, and I loved the direction that they took with that. And they went ahead and didn't call it Dirt 4, they call it Dirt Rally. Um, then came Dirt 4, which was still, you know, rally focused and uh, rally cross, a lot like dirt, the Dirt Rally game, but a little bit less simulation-y, a little bit more accessible. So I felt like it was a nice middle of the road. Like, yes, it was serious, but not too unforgiving serious. But I was a huge fan of actually both those products. I found both of them tremendously enjoyable. Spent a large amount of time with both of them. Then they had Dirt Rally 2. And again, really loved that product. And the serious um, uh, tone of the game, uh, direction of it, and um, the respect that it's shown, that type of motorsport. So there for a bit, I was happy with the direction the franchise was going. Like, all right, we, we straightened things out. We went back to what it started out as. And then also had that side, you know, um, pr uh, product, the, the Dirt Showdown, if you wanted you know, that more lighthearted nonsense. But then, unfortunately, Dirt 5 decided to do a 180 again. And instead of going back to, like, something like, like, say, Dirt Showdown 2, no, we'll call it Dirt 5, but it's not at all a rally game uh, or rally cross or anything really um, serious at all. It was really silly nonsense. They went and got some people from Donut Media, and I never listened to them, but my understanding was that they were popular. And that's great, but they, what they brought to Dirt 5 was, I don't, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what the point was. Um, I felt like they had nothing positive to contribute to Dirt 5. Um, they went all in on Donut Media, and all they did was just mindlessly ramble and say silly, nonsensical things all the time. Not one line of dialogue added anything meaningful at all to the game. Not remotely meaningful. 
I mean, it was so bad that I actually went into the menu settings and turned the volume of the voices all the way down because I don't think there was a way you could officially toggle it off, but I turned it down to where I couldn't hear it anymore because it was just, I wanted to drive a knife, a knife, an ice pick through my ear. It was horrible. Like I could almost feel physical damage to my brain and my IQ dropping every time somebody started speaking in that game. And the music. I uh, didn't really care for it either. It was bad enough that um, I went and turned it off too. Not just during races, but in general. I just hated the music as well. But like I said with Forza, uh, the music isn't make or break. You know, it's a, largely a matter of you know personal taste, and I don't usually listen to it uh, in the races anyway. Unfortunately for Dirt 5, well, and for me as a person that played it, that isn't the extent, though, of my um, displeasure with the direction of Dirt 5. Uh, I don't think there was a single solitary form of motorsport depicted in the game at all that vaguely, even vaguely, remotely resembled anything in the real world. It was almost like if you got some, I don't know, high school kids or college kids together, <clears throat> gave them a bunch of beer and pizza and like, hey, I get that nobody here in this room is a fan at all that, you know, not, not a one of you ever watched racing. But, hey, if we wanted to make it appealing to you that you might give it a look, what would that be like? And then they took notes on that and made a game around that. And that really aggravated me that on before it came out on social media like Facebook, they would post on there. And they, at one point, had the unmitigated gall to describe it as a real racing game for real race fans and that is a tremendous lie it is a racing game for people that have no interest in racing whatsoever but um, the racing in it i i didn't hate it but i didn't love it either it was just kind of there like i just felt like i was going through the motions and it was just you know blah but unfortunately, mediocrity wasn't the worst that I had to say about the game, though. It was tremendously buggy. I don't know how long it might have taken them to update and patch the game to the point where most of the bugs had been eradicated. But I did play it for quite a while after release. And as of the time that I had finished playing it, it was still tremendously buggy. I mean, tremendously buggy. I understand a bug here and there. It's hard for me to think of a game that I've never ran into any bugs whatsoever. But Dirt 5 was a real buggy train wreck. I'm not even sure where to begin on all the bugs with that. But I think uh, perhaps the, uh, the worst thing that I ran into was the game locking up so bad that I actually had to dashboard you know uh, back out uh, to the dashboard and close out the game altogether and restart it um, there was a, an update uh, I did something to it and after that every single race that I started on there 100% of them every single time it didn't matter I could go and try a different race I could go back and do races I'd already done before and it would have that countdown, which is kind of standard in most racing games, three, two, one, you know, before the start of the race, it would get to one, always one, uh, you know, never start, not, you know, three or two, it always get to one. 
and then it would freeze altogether and just stay there frozen for all eternity unless I went back to the dashboard, closed it out, and restarted it. I never got to do a single solitary race after that update. I had to go and tinker around in the settings and find some right combination that made it playable. But what's weird is, is that it even became unplayable on races that I had already done before without a problem. I don't know what they did, but they completely derailed the game. And I went online, I went on their website, on their forums, and on uh, Facebook, I think, reaching out to them, like, hey, look, this is what I'm running into, trying to find some sort of a workaround or something. I ended up having to find my own. I don't recall them ever getting back to me, not an email or anything, you know, with a suggestion, uh, you know, something I could do to try to avoid that particular bug or a way of dealing with the bug, nothing. I had to do it on my own. They were of no help to me whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Um, just random thought here um, while I'm ranting on, on Dirt 5 and what I don't like about it. Um, and the general direction and tone of the game. You know, the casual trying to keep you interested. You know, people that aren't obviously uh, interested in motorsports. Trying to keep them interested. Uh, there are so many vulgar colors splashed on everything in there. You know, you couldn't have traditional collars, uh, normal collars and everything. Everything had to be loud, vibrant, bright, in your face. Um, you know, if you was to imagine, like, well, what would you call these collars? Uh, every one of them would probably have uh, words like neon or flaming or screaming uh, somewhere in the name of those collars. I think I had seen more hot pink in my time with that game than in four decades before that. Now I guess, you know, stop uh, ceasing to pick on Dirt 5 anymore and to move on to other things. Uh, Codemasters also has the Grid franchise, and I, I don't have a whole lot to say about that. I, it's been, I think, a generally more or less consistent product with a more, more or less consistent vision of what it's supposed to be and what it's trying to be. Um, now, I have more recently played Grid Legends, which is the most recent iteration of that franchise, and in general enjoyed my time with it. It is a bit more arcadey than a lot of the other things I tend to enjoy playing, but, you know, I can still enjoy an arcadey racer if it is something that feels in some way, one, some, one way or another, fun to me to play. Um, it, it wasn't perfect though. The biggest annoyance to me is I couldn't use the Xbox One's built-in um, DVR function to record game clips on there. That's something I like to do. I like to record clips of what I do and uh, maybe throw them up on YouTube in case somebody you know wants to give it a look or whatever. Not a big deal. Don't really care. I'm not huge on pushing that. It's just hey, it's there if you want to watch it. If you don't, fine. Whatever. Uh, but for whatever reason, it would not let me record game clips on my Xbox One S. Now, if I go in the, um, in the den on the older Xbox One, sign in on there, boot it up, it would let me record it. But I don't use that one. My kids play on that one. Uh, on the One S, I never could record a single clip. It would record, but all I'd have is like white scribbly looking staticky something or other throughout the entire thing. You could hear the sounds in the background, but all you seen was like white scribbles. And I complained about this. 
And I guess recently they did fix it after I had finished with the game and moved on, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, another small gripe I had with the game was uh, it had this idea of like the other driver's opinion of you, like based on their experience with you. If you rough them up too much, they might become a nemesis. It'll give them a little icon next to them indicating that they're a nemesis and they will have some resentment that they demonstrate towards you. Uh, they may rough you up a little bit uh, because they're not happy with you. Unfortunately, that never went away. Um, you're, you'd have somebody in your ear telling you like, oh, okay, watch out, you know, uh, avoid this guy for a bit, let things cool down, except they never ever stop being your nemesis. It might eventually have that icon go f away for a while until you get in their uh, general area, you know, nearby them on the track, and then it, oh, it comes back up. Even if you didn't even look at them, you know, it would come back up. And race after race after race, once they become your nemesis, it seemed like they were just perpetually that way for all eternity. Uh, I think they eventually did fix that again after I had finished up the game and moved on. Uh, one design choice I don't really agree with is they don't really reward you based on how long a race was. I um, mean, if you go in and make your own race on there, you can make it one lap, two laps, five, ten laps, whatever you want. Um, and your winnings after the race would be the same whether you raced one lap or ten, whether it was a short lap on a short track or a long lap on a long track, the payout was the same. I felt like it should have been based more on how long was the track or how long, you know, how many laps was it, but no, it seems completely indifferent. You could run one lap around the Indianapolis Oval in under a minute and win exactly the same as if you ran a lap on a much longer track or if you ran 10 laps. But these things weren't really a, a big deal for me and um, I, I don't really feel disappointed in the direction of that particular franchise. I feel like they've been more or less consistent in their vision uh, uh, for that series. But all right, let's move on to Project Cars. Holy crap. So for those unaware, uh, Project Cars, if you look at the name, C-A-R-S, Cars, it's all uppercase. It's an acronym. It doesn't mean cars like a vehicle. It's an acronym for Community Assisted Racing Simulation. Or correct that, Simulator. Community Assisted Racing Simulator. So that project wasn't built through traditional means. You didn't have um, finances from a major publisher, um, but rather they went to the community, uh, to the would-be players, to get the financial backing um, to, to get the game built. Um, their vision for the game and subsequent games was to have a better simulation uh, now, it was on PC, but, um, you know, PC has other racing sims available. To me, it was more significant in its contribution to racing games on consoles, where, for the most part, maybe the most realistic games available were Gran Turismo and Forza Motorsport. 
This was aiming to be more of a simulation than those, uh, more serious and more uh, closer to actual motorsports. So if you play those, you don't just jump into a race. You have race weekends like in real motorsports with uh, practice and qualifying before you get to the race. Uh, the, the driving physics are more realistic even than Gran Turismo or Forza Motorsport. Uh, they had a penalty system in the game. Um, I remember doing uh, 24 hours of Le Mans and I was doing it in real time. I, you know, it, it, one of the things I liked with that is it had uh, sliders for a lot of things. And one of them was you could have the races very short, very long, anything in between. Uh, you had a lot more than just a, a handful of settings for like AI difficulty. Yeah, it was a whole slider that you could fine tune. I mean, it did a lot of really cool things. I had a lot of respect for its vision and a lot of the neat things that it did. Uh, but I was sitting there doing that 24 hours of Le Mans. Now, in real life, you'd have three drivers for one car. And you would drive for a while. And then you would swap another driver would drive for a while. And then the third driver would drive for a while. And then it would be your turn for a while. And it would cycle to the different drivers. So each driver might only end up driving a total of roughly eight hours, give or take out of that 24 hours. So what I was doing was I would drive for a bit and then I would let an AI driver drive for a while. Then I would drive for a while. And I got uh, something like eight or nine hours into it. Uh, but what I was running into is when the AI driver was driving, he would run off the track and cut a corner here and there, and he'd get warnings because of the penalty system. And eventually those will add up to the point where it just disqualifies me and, you know, our car in general gets disqualified. So that's me and the AI driver. Um, now, I felt like it was something that was really meant to be played with a racing wheel. I did try it on a controller and had... Um, not a great time with it on a controller tweaked around the, some settings a bit and got it somewhat playable but never very happy with it on a controller but i kind of expected that because it was more serious and more realistic and you know in real life you're not realistically going to drive a race car with a controller but in general being that i'm a hardcore motorsport fan I had great respect in general for the direction that it was going with for with that game and a lot of the really cool stuff that it did especially you know in the the console racing market which really didn't have much of anything along those lines it was not a perfect product though it was very buggy um, I had huge frame rate issues uh, especially if I use the Xbox's resume function it seems it would get to the point where the frame rate would drop so low in places where it would be like single digit frame rates. It's almost like watching a flip book and I'd end up having to close the game out and restart because it would just get so sluggish it'd be unplayable for me. Um, and then the biggest thing I ran into was my entire save file ended up corrupted. I love, as I mentioned before, to create uh, videos of what I do in gaming and throw them up on YouTube. At the very least, so I have 
a record of like you know some of the stuff I've done or whatever and look back like oh cool I remember when I did that um, so I did a lot of I saved a lot of replays on there and evidently if the save file got too big it ended up corrupted and what they did was they didn't have it like as different files on your hard drive it was just one big lump file apparently as I recall um, and so all those replays I was saving ran up the file size in general and it got to this threshold which they did not give me a heads up about they did not warn me about this like hey make sure you don't have too big of a save file um, and it ended up corrupted and I had to completely start the game over from scratch as if I never played it before and remember I had done long races I spent a lot of time on this game and I lost all my progress but you know a lot of the issues I was running into I would go to the developers you know hey look this is what I'm running into what can we do about this can we try to fix this can we have a patch you know that maybe addresses these things and I wasn't happy with the um, the responses that I got from the the, the, the developers um, I felt like they were a bit rude and disrespectful they didn't seem professional to me at all which isn't surprising I guess like I said it was not a traditionally developed game uh, it's almost like you just got some random um, video game fans off the street with a little bit of programming experience and they'd put the game together together themselves but I didn't like their attitude towards you know um, the feedback I was me and other people were giving them now project cars 2 I felt like it was an improvement in every way that I can think of. I found it to be a lot less buggy, uh, ran a lot more stable for me than the first Project Cars, and I found it to be more playable on a controller, way, way, way more playable. In fact, I didn't um, use my wheel. By then, my wheel had um, messed up, uh, so I played it entirely with a controller, and it worked pretty well for me. But aside from going to a PC gaming environment to something like iRacing, I felt like it was about probably the most realistic racing game available to me on, on a game console. And I really liked its very serious uh, depiction of motorsport. So, yeah, I guess I'm a huge fan of what they did with Project Cars 2. But holy crap, then came Project Cars 3. Now, by the time Project Cars 3 was released, the developers um, were taken over. They, they now belong to Codemasters. But I felt like Project Cars 3 went in a completely different direction. If you had went and picked that up, expecting it to be a similar type of product to Project Cars 1 and 2, that you're going to be sorely disappointed. I've actually recently started playing Project Cars 3 after putting it off. For a couple years because I was aware of what they did to the game and it wasn't what I wanted at all they did away with the whole race weekend format there's no practice and qualifying whatsoever um, and the races are all short two or three lap you know quick sprints there's no more tire wear there's no more fuel consumption there's no more pit stops the presentation in general feels like it deviated from that highbrow, serious um, 
type uh, of uh, uh, really serious dedicated um, racing game to something more gamey um, there's no vehicle damage uh, there's not really hardly even any cosmetic damage I think if you really really seriously bang up your vehicle you could see a bit of cosmetic damage but for the most part I never even see any cosmetic damage on any of the vehicles mine or the AI and cosmetic damage is all you're going to get there is no mechanical damage uh, and just a random thought that popped in my mind uh, going back to music again the music seems all over the place in Project Cars 3. Uh, some music I've heard reminds me a lot of like Project Cars 1 and 2. And I really liked the style of music that, that those had. But then after that, it'll go to another song that sounds like it's just from a totally different game whatsoever. Uh, at least one song in there to me brought to mind something like some kind of silly, sleazy porn music. But that isn't to say that I haven't enjoyed playing Project Cars 3. I, like with Dirt 5, I felt like it completely abandoned the direction of like the previous titles, its roots, what it originally was, what it should have been. I don't hate Project Cars 3. I just don't feel that it should have had the Project Cars name. It feels like it's a totally different completely unrelated property i've read comments um i guess from the uh, a developer of the game that was suggesting that it's kind of a spiritual successor to need for speed shift and that actually kind of makes sense to me i would have been perfectly fine if they had called it need for speed shift 3 i just don't feel like it had any business being called project cars 3 and likewise, I guess, going back to Dirt 5, it wasn't necessarily a bad product. I mean, it was a buggy product until I, I presumably, I'd say by now, surely it must have got the bugs pretty much worked out. But, you know, all the annoying bugs aside, um, you know, a lot of it for me was just not agreeing um, with the direction they went on things, it not being what I personally expected of a game with that name. If they would have called it something different, I probably wouldn't have been as upset about it. You know, if Dirt 5 had been called Dirt Showdown 2, I would have probably felt like, yeah, that's a more suitable name for it. And I might have avoided it. And Project Cars 3, um, I don't hate the game. I just don't agree with it being called Project Cars 3. Call it something else, anything else, whether you call it Need for Speed Shift 3 or make up some new you know, uh, game, a name old, uh, off the top of your head, anything other than Project Cars. Just don't call it Project Cars. I don't mind developers doing something different from what they've done before, but I feel like if you're going to deviate from what you've been doing before, at least have a different name from what you've done before. Don't take the name you've been using on an established franchise and slap it on something that bears little to no resemblance to that established franchise i feel like when you once you start a franchise you should have a vision of what that franchise is and you should stick with that vision you know i mean let's look at football okay i don't care for football but uh the madden games have been around for a very long time and whether you like football or not i don't 
everybody knows what Madden is. If somebody mentions Madden, you immediately think, oh yeah, it's an NFL football game. And that's what the Madden games have been consistently ever since their beginning, year after year, it was football. You knew exactly what to expect. Now, what would happen if the uh, suddenly this year they come out with a new Madden game, except it's not football at all. It's uh, women's basketball or it's golf, anything other than NFL, anything other than football. It might be a solid soccer game or a solid basketball game if, it's, if that's what it was. But people would be right to be upset if they bought that expecting it to be a football game. You know, considering that year after year after year after year it was consistently a football game, now suddenly it does something completely, totally different, people would be right to be upset. So I guess I feel like Turn 10 needs to decide what exactly a Forza Motorsport game is and stick with that religiously game after game. Um, Codemasters should decide what exactly dirt is and stick with that. Uh, Project Cars should be faithful to what the original idea was for Project Cars. If you want to mix things up and do something totally different, that's cool. Just go with a different name. Don't use something you uh, previously uh, put on an established uh, product that bears no resemblance to what you're doing now.